Hello, friends of Soul Kitchen. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name is Jasper Mutsaerts. I'm an entrepreneur, adventurer, coach, and wisdom seeker. With Soul Kitchen, I interview people that inspire me. From TED speakers to social entrepreneurs, from activists to artists, from dreamers to seekers, from business people to spiritual teachers. With Soul Kitchen, I empower people to live their quest. And each episode contains a recipe for life. What is your quest? Hello, friends. Good morning. I am in Osa Peninsula at the moment, the most biodiverse region of the world in Costa Rica. And today I'm having a chat with Dave Feldman. Recently, I met him at an Earth Charter conference in Costa Rica. I worked for four months at the Earth Charter and I came back for a conference and I met Dave there and he is based near Washington, D.C. and he's the co-founder of Virtues Matter, a organization that delivers programs to empower people to get the best out of themselves. And he also in the past co-founded a green business incubator in the United States and he's very passionate about entrepreneurship leadership, sustainability, and personal development. And then there's an, another fun fact, and that is that he got married in the old mansion, which is a museum in Washington. And this museum is run by one of my previous guests. So you see that it's a small world. And today I want to learn everything about why virtues matter, about green business incubation, and just in general, what recipes we can learn from uh, from Dave. How are you doing uh, today, Dave? Good, Jasper. Good morning or good evening, wherever you're listening, whatever time it is. Uh, good to see you again. I'm curious. So you woke up uh, today and uh, you knew you were going to be a guest at a, at a podcast. How do you prepare for, for such a thing or, or don't you prepare or how do you approach such a conversation? That's a great question, actually. Um, you know, when you and I spoke earlier, um, you know, the work that you do is uh, is about, you know, tapping into people's uh, authentic selves. So in, in some ways, I just did a little bit of research about some of the things I've done in the past just to refresh my memory because, you know, i am got a fairly long career and done a few different things over my life and just trying to refresh where I've been and where I am right now. But for the most part, I just really... Um, Sat down, relaxed. You and I did a little bit of breathing before we came on, and um, you know, just opened my mind up to wherever it goes. Sometimes that's what life is. Just, it's a journey. Sometimes you don't know when to overscript things. Yeah. But I can imagine it's nice for you when you join a podcast that you. It's an opportunity to reflect on your life and to, yeah. to take a look back. Um, if we look back in your recent past, you came to this conference. Can you share why you joined that conference? How you learned about it? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for uh, hosting today and, and including me in here and your, your, just your thoughtfulness and how you, you know, create questions and then really provide meaningful experiences for those uh, who are your listeners. Um, my background is fairly diverse. Uh, I've got a bit of background in, in, in the environment and we can talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things I've done. Uh, I set up a green business incubator and was doing a lot of work in, uh, environmental issues at a local and global level. And, um, you know, my, my career for the last 20 some years has really been about creating social change and doing it through 
entrepreneurship, doing it through innovation, doing it with others who are, um, you know, willing to go out there and, and be change agents. And my wife and I started a business back in 2019 called Virtues Matter because we think they do. And it's really about helping us develop our best in ourselves and helping others become their best as well. And we provide different strategies and interactive workshops. We end up, my wife and I, whose background is very different than mine, uh, end up going to an Awakened Schools conference in New York City. We were invited because um, she's an educator. She's a teacher. And it was about spirituality in schools. And strangely enough, we met the folks from the Earth Charter there. And we were like, what are you doing here at an education conference. What are we doing at an education conference as well? And we found a lot of synergies because a lot of uh, work around environment, it is education. And uh, I think as education is starting to um, revisit what makes it effective, um, where does spirituality fit in? Where does environment in? Where do like those softer skills, those life skills uh, participate in? A lot of our work around was around using virtues Virtues language, you know, things like kindness and caring and, you know, even resilience and perseverance and gratitude and weaving that all in. So there was a real opportunity at the education conference and we connected with the Earth Charter folks and they said, you know, we're working on a, an initiative right now around planetary well-being. You know, how do we solve the planet well? And part of that is helping us be well ourselves. So they invited us down to the conference. There were only 100 invitees, as you know, you were one of them. And um, we ended up going down. We had never been to Costa Rica before. Um, For all transparency's sake, we're a little older. I guess I'm throwing this out there too early in our conversation. But my wife and I had uh, big birthdays. Um, I'll let you figure those out. Uh, But um, (laughs) How old are you? Uh, you, you, I'm going to make you guess. Everybody else can't see. We, uh, we both turned, go ahead. I don't want to make a wrong guess. You know, it's a bit <laughs> tricky. I'm 36, but I guess you are, uh, I don't know, maybe in your fifties. Close enough. We just turned 60 in November. Uh, congratulations. So, uh, so, and we like to think we're young in spirit, young in heart, young in mind. A- age is really just a number, and 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 we try to live that in every way. So, the the, the founder of Earth Charter heard that it was our birthdays and said, "You know what? We're going to give you a hotel for a few nights. Come down, a birthday present on us." And uh, we couldn't say no. It was really, you know, it, it goes back to my passion, which is about healing the planet. It's about working with others who are like minded but very different, and coming together to create um, whatever it takes to make these kinds of changes. So we end up going and it was life changes. We went to, uh, we went and did some holiday, but we also went and, uh, and, and participated in this global conference, which was wonderful. And we met you and other folks. Yeah. What I liked about uh, your story is it sounded very spontaneous. So you went to this awakened school conference in the U S and then you were invited to join the conference in Costa Rica. Is that typically how, how you live or is this kind of an exception? <laughs> Um, I do think we live that way. Um, you know, we have, my wife and I have two kids who are both out of the house right now. And, uh, our, our sad story is we had a, a dog of 17 and a half years that we had uh, put down in the middle of last year. Um, and as sad as it was, it was kind of our last thing that tied us to a physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, you know, and especially with the pandemic right now, it has shown that we can all work virtually we can if we're creative we know how to use technology so we are uh, as much as possible we get on the road we love to travel 
Um, both of us have had the good fortune in our careers to have traveled all over the world. I think it, it really brings me joy and uh, and opens up my mind. And, um, you know, we've never been to Costa Rica. So this was, I like to think this is the way we operate. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think when you're open to opportunity, they, they can come more easily. And um, you mentioned three topics like virtues, awakened schools, planetary well-being, that are quite high level and abstract. So what I find fascinating about your Virtuous Matter project is that for some, uh, for some reason, you're able to take this abstract concept and you make it practical. So can you elaborate a bit at a practical level what you guys do or offer uh, with Virtuous Matter? Yeah, Jasper, that's, a, that's an interesting question. And, and thank you for your kind acknowledgement. Um, you know, virtues is, um, is not always easy to describe. You know, it's like, what do you do? Real estate. You say two words, and you know exactly what somebody might do. Um, virtues is a little bit more complex. So it has not always been easy to um, define the kind of work that we do. Um, my wife has been doing this work for since 2005. I joined her in 2019 full-time after having a, uh, a career with a lot of different types of activities. And I, I think what made it really interesting to me is that virtues is who we are. It's how we interact with the world. And a lot of them are actually practices. So, you know, you talk about gratitude, kindness, perseverance, resilience, uh, determination. Those are, in many ways, personal and professional growth areas but we are working with an organization, Virtues Project, which started some 30 years ago, which has strategies on how to implement those in all areas of your life. So the work that we've done has been around well-being. You know, I mentioned planetary well-being with the Earth Charter, but we work with individuals. And, you know, since the pandemic, the youth, for example, has, there's been a mental health crisis worldwide because people are lonely, depressed, burnt out, all sorts of these kinds of things. How do we help take care of ourselves and help take care of others? And what kind of strategies do we have? And that's a little bit what Virtues does. But it's also about finding meaning and purpose in your life, you know, or a vision. If you're an organization, what's your culture and your vision? You know, how do you perform at your best? Um, you know, an another area is how do you connect with each other? So those are some of the outcomes of what we provide. And we do it through all sorts of experiential um, activities uh, we have an app and things like that. So, you know, it isn't always easy to explain, but I do think people are hungry for living full lives right now. And there are creative ways of doing it. We didn't create the virtues. They've been around for thousands of years. Um, what makes them unique is they are universal, positive qualities of character. Yeah. So when you think about honesty or caring, those are in all indigenous cultures, all sacred texts, all religious texts, all oral traditions, they are common to all of those areas. So, you know, there are things that we already have existed and they've changed and people's interpretations over the years have evolved. So you've blended some ancient uh, virtues that have been existing for thousands of years with modern technology like an app. What can I, as a user, if I use that app, how do I use it? What does it bring me? Can you specify that? Yeah. So the app is called the Virtues Cards. And sometimes you can do simple things, just, you know, pull up a virtue card every day and read them. And you actually learn what that virtue means. They're very intentionally well-written. They're, they're, they're quite different. You know, people would be surprised when you learn that the word zeal, you know, what does it mean? It actually is a lot of in-depth meaning to something like that. 
Um, people and organizations use it in different ways for um, setting their core values. How do they live those core values? Um, you know, people use it in different ways. Uh, one of the strategies is called is around speaking the language of virtues. So, one of the crises that we have in both families and in our home, uh, I'm sorry, in our work life, is that people are underappreciated. Often people don't say positive things. They say negative things. I think, I don't know if this is a global um, statistic, but I think it's 14 times more negative comments are made to kids than positive. And the workplace is like 10 times more. So how do you appreciate somebody? So instead of saying, oh, Jasper, good job, I would say, Jasper, I appreciate your um, your diligence or your determination in doing a particular project, or I appreciate your kindness in helping that individual. So you're recognizing the goodness that you see in them and, um, and elevating that and even giving evidence. So that might be an example of how it's used. And if think of it, if you're a child, you know, instead of just saying, oh, good job, you just tied your shoe, think about saying, oh, I appreciate your determination and really pushing through that problem. Now, all of a sudden, that kid says, oh, I've got determination, and it shows up in other areas of their lives. So it's like a positive reinforcement in a strategic way. So you can also be more specific when you give compliments, when you use the virtues. Yeah, that's, those are just some of the ideas. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different ways. Um, and you also mentioned that you deliver programs. Are these tailor-made programs that always vary? Or do you have, let's say, a standardized four-week program, three-month program? Or how does that look like? Yeah, we standardize them because nobody, you know, all organizations and all people are very different. Um, you know, one of the things that has driven me, um, even before I joined there, and I think this is where there's a thread, when I was running a green business incubator, it was quite a unique incubator. And people would be very engaged. We do all sorts of things together as a team with the community, with other business people. Positive change is experiential. It really is. So when you're part of something, when you're actually involved in it, you know, you can learn from a book and you can learn from audio tapes. I think we all do that. But when you're actually engaged in it, you know, it, it, it adds a different level. So what we try to do is find different ways of engaging people using their body, their mind, their different senses so that they are um, able to experience uh, different types of activities. So, you know, when we do workshops, we get people up and moving all the time. We put them in, you know, either virtual or real breakouts when they're together. Um, you know, we use walls and stickies and just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's dynamic. Yeah, I see. So positive change requires a certain uh, experience. So that's what you, what you bring. And what type of people... How would you describe the, the, the type of people that actually make use of uh, virtuous matters? I mean, it can be individuals, it can be organizations, but can you give an example of a person that suddenly gets excited about uh, the virtuous matter? You know, I, I think, I don't know if there's a single person who really works with it. You know, what I like to say is that, you know, anybody who wants to have a good life, who wants to do well and do good in their own life or help others, um, you know, we find my, Dara, my wife focuses, uh, does a lot of work with teachers and educators. That is her passion and her background. Um, she also works with social workers. I work with leaders. I do a lot of work in leadership and leadership development, uh, both nonprofits and business, um, youth. Uh, we find that for an interesting, a lot of young people really like some of the cards. I think it's, um, it's an opportunity for them to connect well with others. I, I think anybody who wants to have a meaningful life can 
uh, and has an open mind. Um, I, I, I always hate to say, you know, I mean, you know, in, in, I think one of the biggest industries in the world is personal growth. Who does personal growth? I mean, I, you can't really say this is one type of individual. I think it really is anybody who's open to, you know, living life full. And sometimes I don't want to say just living full. Sometimes it's about being resilient. Sometimes it's just saying, you know, what do you need to get by day to day? Because sometimes life throws things at us and it's very difficult. So what skills do we need to develop to be able to support our own sustenance in life? And sometimes schools just don't teach those things. I can see. So there's clearly no single person, but it's people that want to yeah, live their best life and also do good maybe for other people. You mentioned that you've run... A green business incubator in the past and you've done a couple of other things but then in 2019 i think you you joined this uh, project uh, what was your motivation to move into the world of virtues yeah i think it's my wife and i will have very different uh responses to that um you know i i, I at some point you know when we were looking my, my passion has always been environmental and community building and bringing people together to do work at uh at the local well actually at even global level um i was at a bit of a crossroads and uh, i didn't really know what i want to do and i actually had two or three different projects i was looking at and i started working with her and we actually developed an app and all of a sudden my entrepreneurial mindset kicked in and like i'm building an app and uh, we started working on that and before you know it that became just a full-time project i um, one of the things I never thought I would really want to work full time with my wife. We both looked at each other and said we're very different in some ways. And we just started working together and actually using some of the work that we do to help us. So that started to happen. Um, when we started in 2019, um, it took about a year plus to develop the app. But we literally actually released the app one month before uh, the pandemic hit. So that was definitely an experience. Um, but you know, I think, I think what really made this work interesting for me is that we had an opportunity to work with a lot of different kinds of people. Um, you're, you're a soul kitchen, you're a recipes. I cook a lot, but I never, I never cook the same thing. I like the diversity. That's one of my things that I really appreciate about food, different cultures, different flavors. I think the virtues has been allowing me to have those different flavors in many ways because I work with so many different kinds of people on different issues and that brings me joy and yeah. meaning and purpose. I can imagine that um, you probably like to have a bit of an umbrella role or overview role because when you incubate businesses, it's, for, uh, it's a variety. When you work on virtues, it's a variety. So you, you told me you're a good cook and we talked about the socket. <laughs> so my... Uh, philosophy uh, behind Soul Kitchen is that each episode the guest shares a recipe uh, for the listener and um, if you had to summarize 60 years of life experience uh, with, with the knowledge and the wisdom that you have accumulated like what is kind of the recipe that you would like to share with the listener oh my goodness so yeah so I think a recipe is that um don't always play by the rules. You know, when you're in the kitchen, sometimes being creative is um, is a joy. Um, and also knowing that all your recipes and dishes 
won't work. <laughs> you know, so just being, and that's, that's a little bit of an entrepreneur's journey as well. You know, I mean, you wake up every day and you have good days and bad days and, you know, and, and but knowing that you don't take it personally, that you need to push forward. So I, I think that, you know, being in a recipe is, is, um, is enjoy the process as much as the outcome. I think that's really, that's really key for the recipe. Um, I do have another thought that kind of adds into that. And I really do think this is kind of a, a rule that I constantly practice. It's the rule of just enough. Okay. And even when you do virtues, you know, you ask, you know, well, how much patience do you need? Or how much, you know, in, I'm an enthusiastic person, as you might be able to tell, you know, mm-hmm. how much enthusiastic, just enough. How much in each recipe? Salt. Well, you know, recipes call for certain amounts, just enough. It's one of those things that if you ask in the right way, you know, you, you are, um, it allows you to have a balanced, well-rounded life and it could be applied to recipes as well. You know, uh, how much salt do you put in? Just enough. How long do you cook something? Just enough. It, it just frames the way, it's a question that opens up a lot of possibilities and asks you, allows you to think of yourself and others. So that's Thank more you. of a recipe Thank- guideline as opposed to a recipe. Thank you for sharing your recipes. And I actually hear you saying three things. So one is don't always play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Two, be aware that not everything will be a success. So enjoy the process as much as the outcome. And then three is the just enough. And I like to deep dive a bit in each of these three themes, uh, but then related to your own life and experience. So let's start with the first one. Uh, so don't always play by the rules. Can you... Uh, maybe give an example when you apply that recipe in your life. Uh, oh, unfortunately, I've probably done way too much of it. <laughs> um, um, I'll tell you an interesting story, and it ties back to one of your other guests. Um, and you and I had this interesting experience that we found out that one of your earlier speakers was H.H. Leonard, who runs this amazing and I will tell all your listeners, if you're ever in Washington, D.C., first of all, you can look me up and reach out to me, um, Dave at VirtuesMatter.org. But if you ever have a place that you want to stay, there is a place called the O Street Mansion. And it is, she does not play by the rules. It's in Washington, D.C., which most people know is a government city. And it's a very, it's not politically conservative, but it's culturally conservative a little bit. She's created this space which has these different rooms and there's, you know, hidden entrances and it's an experience. Each room is designed very differently and um, you go there and she's, she's actually on the, she was on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's board of directors mm-hmm. and just created this magnificent place. Um, and we, we go there a lot. So she's, she's done a lot of that. I used to work at the British Embassy in Washington, D.C. And my role there was to do economic development. I help U.S. companies set up in the U.K., and U.K. companies come to the U.S. And we decided to have an event at the O Street Mansion. And it was called the Passport to the U.K., and we put different people in different rooms, and they all had a little bit to share about why the U.K. was a good place to do business. And they had to go find those places, ask questions, and they get their passport stamped. And in the process, we fed them and drank, uh, gave them drinks, and they had a, a very interesting time. Well, the British government doesn't always operate 
and I'm not, I'm not making a judgment, but at least I know some of the folks that I work with were a little bit more conservative, and they're like, "You're doing what? What kind of party are you throwing?" And you know, it was very out of the norm, and uh, I had to kind of pull some strings to let that happen, and it ended up being one of the most successful events because we had over 150 CEOs from different businesses who were there, and they had a wonderful experience. So the outcome was really positive. But it wasn't just a little stand-up traditional networking event where there were presentations and a podium. It was an experience. It goes back to what I said. Positive change is experiential. So um, I, I had a few words of things that I shouldn't do after that again, that event. Um, but people still, I, every once in a while, I still see people like, I remember that event. That was an amazing event. So. Yeah. You know, you have to balance. <laughs> you chose a remarkable uh, location and again with an experiential element. So that um, that worked well. And and you mentioned things you shouldn't have done. Can you share one of those or you want to keep it secret? No, but I will share you. Uh, I'll share another story that my, my son. Um, one day um, I came home after a long day of work and he had a p- big piece of furniture in his room. And my son, as he was growing up, was into electronics and he wanted to, he didn't want the cords to go in front of this piece of furniture. So he drilled a hole about the size of an apple in the back so that the cords could go through. And I was just, I I was like, do you understand that was a nice, it was a, it was a good piece of furniture. Why would you ever do that? And he looked (laughs) at And he looked at me and he goes, well, you always told me it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> so I said, you know, and my wife looks at me and she goes, ah, that's a lesson that you always said. He's just taking one from your playbook. So, you know, rules, as much as sometimes they can be broken, life always offers consequences. So, And sometimes you have to be prepared for the consequences. Um but that's one I say. He, he yeah. didn't play by the rules, and and it was a lesson that I learned as well. Especially when you talk with children, because they're going to put it back in you. They'll interpret yeah. in their own way. <laughs> that that's very nice. So actually, he implemented it, and then you realize that he, he listened right. well. To and then around your your second recipe about not everything is success. So enjoy the process as much as the outcome. And you also made the connection with like this entrepreneurial mindset. So can you elaborate a bit about on that? Yeah. Um, So when I left the embassy back in 2007, um, I I learned a lot about sustainability and sustainable cities. And, and, um, you know, I don't want to be abroad, but I think that Europe in general has been a little bit more advanced in in implementing sustainability efforts than than, than the United States has in some areas. Um, So... I ended up launching this organization called Livability Project, which was about setting up these sustainability hubs in different cities where people would come together to address the big challenges they have environmentally and socially, but in a local level. And the whole idea was based on there was a space, almost like a community center where people would come together. And I ended up launching uh, the, the organization within three months Um, some people in my neighborhood or my community came together and said, hey, we're trying to do something similar here. Would you want to be the executive director? And that was where the incubator program came from Bethesda Green. And it was a very successful project. It's actually still running right now. It's uh, a green business incubator, an accelerator, but also a community initiative. It helped everybody in the community learn about solar, for example. And we brought solar vendors together. Well, I did that for seven years and I really wanted to go out and take that model 
and grow it in other areas. And I actually did that for about a year after I left Bethesda Green. And we launched about five or six of them on the East Coast and West Coast where my partner was. But we never could get the financing. And, you know, when you're starting other nonprofits, they're all struggling to meet their financial needs. And if they're not making their needs, how are they going to pay someone else to support them in that process? And we were never able to um, really get the a, a big grantee or the, a kind of a, you know, I would have loved a couple million U.S. dollars to be able to support that and let the project evolve, set up pilots and bring in some folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't do that and it didn't last. And I did that for a year and a half. That's when I ended up coming over to doing what I'm doing now. I couldn't quite make it sustainable. Yeah. Uh, Strangely enough, I'm doing some of that kind of work right now, many years later in different capacities. So sometimes the universe has a different time frame for when it wants you to do these things. But that was one time that I really wanted it to work. And I couldn't find out how to make it work. And it was really quite debilitating in my own professional you know, career. Because I'm curious, because sometimes uh, in business or in, let's say, projects, something works then people get excited and they, they want to replicate it or then it becomes a model as you described. Yeah. Why, why was it that initially it worked, but then you wanted to replicate it or scale it up? It didn't work. Um, you know, I, I think it worked because of the people who were involved and, you know, we had a community here in, uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, which is just outside of Washington, DC and um, the conditions came together to make it work. For example, a local bank ended up giving us the second floor of a building in a very nice area, and they just said, you can have the space. And we actually converted it into a green, almost like a showcase, where people could come in and learn about what green lighting and green paints and green carpets and other programs look like. So I think the community really came together. And I think what happened after that is it was probably a little bit too complicated. Going back to one of my method, my talking about just enough, I think I probably had too much that I was asking these other communities to do. It was hard. It was too hard to build in each of those communities. I don't know if I had the right formula or the right programs, but uh, for whatever reason, it didn't take off. I mean, you and I talked a little bit about the Impact Hub. Mm -hmm. which is this wonderful organization where people come together. You know, they were thriving for some time, and even still, their model changed, and it was hard for them to sustain their model and have social change together. So I don't know all the reasons it didn't work, but I just know it didn't, and it was time to make a change. I can imagine. And one element I'm interested in, the just enough piece, because it was also part of your recipe, you said maybe we asked too much of the communities. So so it was difficult to get their engagement, or you, you wanted too much, maybe? Yeah, I I know, you know, one of the things that I do is, you know, when I look at different virtues, I look at which ones I'm strong in and which ones I'm overly at. I'm strong in putting things in order. I'm, you know, I have my enthusiasm. I think one area is that simplicity is an area that I could probably grow in. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you're building these big initiatives, um, you know, I was including a lot of different people in the community. You were the businesses who would sponsor and there was an incubator and then there were community members and then there were, you know, there were, there were a lot of moving pieces. And uh, I, I think it was probably too much to manage. And then each community is very different. So now they had to take a framework and adapt it in their own. And it, it wasn't um, as scalable as perhaps it needed to be. Um, I, 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 
you know, I don't see a lot of those models out there right now. So maybe it was even the wrong model altogether. So um, I, I don't know. I still believe people need to connect in different ways at the local level. I think that's an area, that's a problem that we're missing in a lot of places right now. And technology is exacerbating that. So I don't know how we get back to building community in its general sense. But uh, the model didn't work. So and I, maybe it was too complex. So maybe it was too complex, uh, lacking uh, simplicity. If we go back to your green business incubator, you mentioned you've done that for seven years. How was it structured? Did you have cohorts of entrepreneurs joining? Uh, did you have acceleration programs per theme? Did you support business theme by uh, case by case? Like how how did it look like? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so when we launched it, when we were given the space, it was. Um, we had, uh, I think it was 4,000 square feet, roughly, which is probably about eight or nine size rooms. And, and then we had some common space as well. And we decided that it was because it was a green initiative, we would make it all around sustainability businesses. So what's a sustainable business? It was a business that was working around food that might have been more organic, or it might have been around a company that had a product that was designed more efficiently. So it could have been about energy or it could have been about reducing waste. We actually had a film company that was all around making uh, videos and movies around sustainability initiatives. So it was a broad focus. It was really about bringing in businesses that were about helping the planet and each other. And I think at its peak, we had 17 companies. Uh, we had a rain barrel company. We had uh, a company that was creating like Energy Star ratings for uh, appliances. Um, we had a marketing company that was working with social entrepreneurs. So it was really quite unique. And it was, it was, um, it was a community. When we had that there, one of the things we did was we had monthly meetings where everybody would come together and they would share their successes. So they really took pride not only in growing their own business, but in helping support each other. I think that was really a, an important aspect of what made it successful is that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's not always easy. And having a support team, uh, a peer-to-peer -peer group uh, to cheer you on, to share wisdom was really important. So I think that was a little different than a traditional incubator. Um, we did have a, a, a quasi-accelerator where we had speakers and other support structures coming in to help the businesses. Um, we did not take equity from the companies, um, although I do believe that there's some, you know, it, I left almost 10 years ago, well, nine years ago, and I think the model has evolved. So I think they have a different relationship with the businesses now, which could include some equity. Um, but it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good experience. And the, one of the other things we did is that the companies got a lot of recognition in the community. So, you know, we would actually help promote those companies And because other organizations in the area were really, we made a lot of, um, we were good at promoting and the companies really benefited by our, uh, you know, promotion of them as well. So it feels like you created community, you created a shared sense of purpose and all these businesses could learn from each other and have network, positive network effects. If someone is listening to this episode and someone also wants to start a green business, What are some best practices that you can share and what are some of the obstacles that you've identified? Mm.
I think for anyone who wants to start a business, whether green or not, but let's let we can stay with green, is that you have to, I, I think it, passion is really important about it. Um, you know, running a business is, has challenges. Um, you know, every day you're learning something new and you're adjusting a different aspect of your business. The markets change. You have to manage different people. There's competition. Um, but it can also be very thrilling. So if you really want to do something, find something that's really purposeful to you that is going to help carry you through the, the difficult times. What, what brings you passion and joy that you know, no matter what people throw at you, you're going to sustain yourself with it. Um, if you're in a green business, I, I do think that sometimes having a social business is a little bit more challenging because you're not only looking at profit, but you're looking at other metrics about doing well for your community, your other stakeholders, your the environment. Um, I do think it's helpful to align yourself with um, other organizations um, or um, maybe a multiplier is what we would call it, like a, an association. Um, in the United States, I don't know if it's gone beyond, there's a thing called the Benefit Corporation. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with B Corporation? I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, but please share. Essentially, a Benefit Corporation is recognizing that a business should not only have one goal, which is profitability. It should have profitability as one of its goals, but it should also look at people and the environment. And what they've done is they've petitioned the, the federal government to change the, like the tax classifications. Because in the U.S., you have nonprofits and for-profits. But the B Corporation sits somewhere in between. So saying, you know, we want to recognize you for serving a mission that goes beyond just profitability, but that has to be embedded into like the charter. So there's there's a, the Benefit Corporation provides a lot of goals and resources and it connects you to other types of uh, businesses that are like that. But there's other things out there that as well. There's a conscious capitalism movement, um, you know, which is also about investing in companies that have a social impact. There's uh, transition towns, which is big in Europe. There's all these different kinds of groups that want to support sustainability. And as a business, you bring a, one brings a valuable aspect to that. So align yourself with other key partners to help make that happen. They're going to be your champions. So conscious capitalism, intuitively, I understand what that means. But the word transition town is new to me. So what does that mean? Transition town is an organization. It's based out of the UK, although it's global. And essentially, it's around a, a new way of... Um, locally bringing groups together to um, address climate change and other kind of existential challenges that we have. So it's a bit of a, it's about a community living and they provide all sorts of kind of guidance to how to be more um, connected to the earth, to each other. Uh, there's different strategies and they're all, they have local chapters. So one example is they might have a, um, I think they call it a tool library. So instead of everybody having one specific tool, you know, the community houses a place where they have them and you 
borrow and share them. So you don't now, everybody doesn't need a lawnmower or a, you know, I'm not, I don't have a leaf blower, but if people want a leaf blower or a, uh, a particular piece of plumbing equipment. So there's a formula for how you can set that up and manage that. Some of it can be online and tools. So Transition Town acts as a bridge to kind of bring these programs to communities to allow them to become more sustainable and it's, it's not only about environment. It really is. It's about building community and connecting people together in, in creative ways as well. Mm-hmm. And there's an economic piece to it, too. It's that triple bottom line, people, planet, profit. It kind of weaves both of those, all those principles in. Yeah. That's beautiful. There are so many uh, initiatives that, that try, to do, uh, try to do good uh, in the world. I'm also curious for you as a social uh, entrepreneur, what has been, have been some of the... Uh, the challenges for you or also maybe financial challenges because like selling virtues i mean it doesn't sound uh, the easiest job in the world like if you decide to sell shoes it's more straightforward so ha- has there been any challenges <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, again i think that's the nature of an entrepreneur i think that's um you know, I, I think this last year I've grown a lot. Um, 2020 and 2021 were particularly challenging years on many levels, um, clearly financially. Um, for me, moving virtually was very difficult. I didn't realize what my business looked like. You, you said something a moment ago about, you know, selling virtues. It is not an easy thing for people to understand and say, oh, I need that. You know, everybody needs shoes. Virtues, people either find that they have them or, you know, who are you to sell me virtues? You know, it really is. A, it's a, and I'm not particularly virtuous in some ways. That's the ironic thing. I, I mean, I am, but I'm not, you know, I appreciate virtues, but, I'm, you know, I also have a sense of humor and, and I do a lot of other things that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I lost my head on that one. Um, <laughs> the funny thing when you um, when you feel a sense of purpose, you stand up for a certain collective thing like the earth or virtues. Indeed, people can be wondering, like, who are you to do this? Right? Like, who who appointed you to do this? That's exactly right. And I and I and I that's that's you know I I don't find that. So in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, we had developed a very expensive app. And, you know, it was doing well, but it certainly wasn't uh, covering the costs of an app that was a lot more uh, costly to develop than I ever expected. And even the ongoing maintenance. And now we're in a pandemic and, you know, people were everybody was doing a workshop online. It became a very crowded place. And I questioned a lot of my direction, my own self-worth and value. Um, economically, we weren't making it. So I was really wondering whether, um, you know, I was in the right space. And, and at the point that in end of 2021, we were very close to closing it down. I just was going to look for something, shoes. <laughs> it's just, I wasn't, but it was something that was simpler and easier to do. And strangely enough, we stayed with it. And in 2022, we ended up getting some new clients we're working with the foundation right now, and we're actually doing leadership training for all, not all, I'm sorry, a cohort of their grantees as well. So we're doing a, an ongoing year worth of training uh, and um, experiential workshops. Uh, we do deep dive on different virtues. You know, we started with the virtue of hope, 
and you know we do all sorts of activities. So 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 I guess that goes through the what I said earlier is you know, sometimes you just need to push through things. Um, but it was it was hard. It was really hard. And um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think everybody. That's you know the one thing about entrepreneurs is when you all get them together. Everybody has a story to tell. I think everybody in life has a story to tell, not just entrepreneurs. I think that we all have our stories and we've all had to test our resilience. We've all had to grow our strength and wisdom. These are areas that we've had to develop. And I think that's something that's front and foremost. So I'm, I'm no, I haven't escaped that either. Mm, I see. So, so there have clearly been some, uh, uh, some challenges, but yeah, you have to, uh, to push through. And a topic that I'm curious about, you say uh, people can respond like, who are you to, to virtues? So I might interview a poet. So one of my previous guests has suggested me to interview a poet and I was looking at his website. Then there's a video of the poet and it's called, what do you do? And he's from New York. And then it's a three minute video where he's making fun that in New York, everyone asks like, what do you do? When you, you can say banker, consultant, But then he says poet, and then people immediately think that he's broke or they have some ideas. But then very eloquently, he describes in 2.5 minutes, I think, why he's a poet, and it, like, it blows you away. But when people ask you, like, what do you do at a, in a bar or at a gathering? And you say, uh, yeah, I, I promote virtues or an ambassador of virtues. What is kind of the range of replies that you receive? Um. You know, what I often will do is I will actually go and do something experiential. So um, often what I'll do is I'll pull up a virtues card and say, let's have a connection. Because the question, what do you do, is a hard question. Sometimes a better question is, who are you? Or what, you know, what do you, know, what do you, what brings you joy? Or there's other questions to get to know people. So I often will pull up a virtues card and we'll, we'll read a card. And we'll have a meaningful conversation. And then they'll look and like, you know. I mean, Dara, who's my wife, will do that. Yeah. And she just has this ability to listen to people talk about and process their own thoughts. And we've seen people cry just from reading a card. So it really touches you that deeply. So sometimes instead of explaining what I do, it's easier to kind of give them an experience of what we do. Yeah. Um, uh, and sure. some people just look at us and saying, you're too, we, we say in America sometimes, you're too touchy-feely. Uh, um, some people might say that as well, but... Um, You know, it depends. I, I do think people are looking for meaningful connections with each other. And yeah. sometimes that's one of the things that we can help foster. So if we can give somebody a, a, a way of looking at the world differently or having a connection with somebody differently, then they're like, oh, that's very interesting. So that at least gives them an opening. It's, it, it's not trying to explain something that's very um, conceptual. Shall we maybe pick a card now? Uh, we can, yeah. Well, let's do it. All right. So I'm going to do a shake. And as you, I have the one here. All right, I got understanding. 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 Understanding is having a clear insight into ideas and feelings. We thoughtfully seek to comprehend the full truth. We are mindful of what is most important. We are deeply present to others with compassion and accuracy, helping them to discern their own clarity. We go the extra mile to put ourselves in another's shoes in order to forgive. We treasure knowledge and use our minds as tools to explore what is real and true. We cherish the ability to see the whole picture. And then you can double tap on the card and it flips over. 
and there's a quote and practices. So the quote is, if one is to master one thing and understands one thing well, one has at the same time insight and understanding of many things. And that was said by Vincent Van Gogh. So the practice of understanding, I reflect on the meaning of ideas. I have empathy for others' feelings. I am mindful of meaning. I am a discerning listener. I call on empathy in order to forgive. I value knowledge and perceptiveness. And then there's an affirmation. I'm thankful for the gift of understanding. It enlightens my viewpoint. So Jasper, what's you? Yeah, I see a, 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 a very just a thoughtful my. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're, you have a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A thoughtful um, expression. Hmm. What comes to mind when you think of that? When you heard that those words? So when I think about understanding, for me, it's the opposite of responding too quickly to situation. So. Sometimes I try to understand the the other person's point of view, point of reference, background, and how that other person views the situation before I I respond. So that's my initial initial um, uh, answer or to your question, and um, it can be very insightful to ask someone else about their perspective on, on on certain things. And um, yeah, an example that comes to mind, this sounds weird, I have a weird connection. But in, in the Netherlands, when you um, attend a wedding, uh, you like uh, one by one, you can order a drink if you want to have a drink. But then I was in Tanzania, you enter the wedding, and then you get a box of drinks, like two, two beers, two wines, two cokes. And then with this box, you sit down and then you enjoy the wedding. So my initial response is like, it's a bit weird. It's not very, I don't know. It's, it's very business-like, very efficient. You know, immediately you get drinks and then it's like, enjoy. But then I'm trying to understand. And I think economic opportunity is maybe uh, less than in, than in Netherlands. So maybe equality is an important value or virtue. So they want to make sure that they treat everyone equal. And maybe they're also a bit more straightforward instead of like all this extra, like, oh, one by one, they just, you know, hear your drinks, enjoy. So yeah, it's an example where, where I'm trying to understand, like, why do, do they do it like that? I don't know if that example resonates with you. Yeah. No, so first of all, so Jasper, I hear from you a lot of things. I hear your patience and your thoughtfulness, listening to what other people say and just, you know, reflecting on that. And, um, and, and really your curiosity, you know, in the, in the case that you mentioned at the wedding, is just trying to understand another perspective, which is probably very different from your own, but you're willing to kind of seek what another culture does differently and why they do differently. So you really do exemplify understanding and, and thank you for sharing your story. That's a little bit of how a, a conversation can happen. And now what we would do is to be, I would share my uh, view of understanding. Yeah, at, um, what, is, what is yours? You know, it is it is understanding. I, and actually, I, I like to build on what you were saying before. I, I mentioned very early in our conversation, I've had the good fortune in my career to travel and go to other cultures. And um, uh, I, I consider myself a good traveler because I am very kind of aware. I, I try to pay attention to the foods people eat, the languages that they use, the dynamics they have. And I think understanding is really being open-minded 
and trying to know that people do things differently in every place and everywhere. And, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just that that's how they do that. And I, I, I find under, I find traveling helps me to increase my understanding because it allows me to go to another country and be very open-minded. I'm the outsider there. My judgments are no longer relevant because other people have norms. So it's up to me to understand how other people do things. And it allows me to seek a better understanding. Um, and as the last line of this is we cherish the ability to see the whole picture. You know, a lot of times people jump to conclusions. They don't yeah. always seek understanding. And, uh, you know, going back to one of the questions I have for the, going to your recipe, um, the power of questions. Questions are one of the most amazing things. The way the things that we ask when we ask, sometimes just letting somebody else talk and not trying to share your own perspective, just asking questions to seek understanding and really being there to serve them and support them as opposed to trying to say what your perspective is. So that's what understanding resonates for me. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And I really like by doing this experience, the virtual becomes concrete, right? And you can apply it to your uh, uh, to your own life. That's um, that's fascinating. And how do you um, so simplicity is an area you can grow in and you can so you can discover an area of growth through the virtues as well. But then how do you try to improve that? Like so you discover that, but then. What do you do with it, with that discovery? Yeah, you know, so, so there's a lot of ways of looking at that. So, you know, we all have all the virtues in us. Some of them are strength virtues and some are growth virtues, or we say invitations. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, if you pick up a card and it says understanding, I was like, oh, that's me or that's not me. Eh, you know, it's not about judging as much. It's about, you know, how you can develop those areas in different ways or practice them. You know, I may pick one card one day and it has a different meaning than it did a different day. Um, I have an acronym. I, I love acronyms mm -hmm. and I call it the plan. So the, the P is pick daily. So you mm -hmm. look at a card daily and you just, you know, you reflect on it, whatever that might mean. And often you do it with another person. It's a really good way to get to know somebody else that you're maybe even in your family. Then the next is L, look for the good in yourself and others. So always look for it uh, a positivity way. So one, we do a little activity that's, uh, I'll do the short version of it, but you know, you think of somebody in your life, can you think of somebody who's stubborn? Who's stubborn? Um, Don't say the name. <laughs> I can. Yeah, no, I have someone in mind. Okay. Now reframe that and think of that person as determined. Ah, that makes sense. Now, and that's a very different. So look for the good. And then when there, there's a card on determination and determination is a positive attribute. So it's yeah. a reframe. It's a reframe. It's a way of looking at that. So you're looking for the good in yourself and others. It's not just about others. It's actually how much do we self-talk negatively about ourselves sometimes? Yeah. Um, so when, when you lack simplicity, what is the opposite? Like if you reframe it in a positive way? Um. Well, sometimes if you, okay, so that's a good one. So if you, if you have it to simplify, uh, if you need sometimes, um, moderation could be it. So, you know, instead of put something in moderation, um, oh. you know, or, um, you know, it could even be understanding, you know, so if, so if, if something's not, if something's not simple, you're, 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 you can do it. So you're asking others to understand it. Um, I, I have to, I would have to do that in a context, you know, So if I, if you, you, the opposite of simplicity, I'd have to even look that up. 
but I see if you lack simplicity, you can learn to moder- to do things more in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. We live in the moment. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's necessarily always an, op, uh, an op, uh, you know, sometimes there's gratitude, sometimes simplicity, depending on how you look at it. And sometimes to be more simple is to be appreciative of what you have and not try to build up too much more. So uh, sometimes virtues work in flocks together and you start to look at them, how they kind of paint a, a picture. It's an entrepreneur trap, right? To want to do too much, maybe. That that is that is a very much of an entrepreneur trap. Yes. So, uh, uh, but anyway, so there's the P: the look for good in yourself and others, uh, appreciate and acknowledge often, and there's different ways of how to do that in a way, and then notice teachable moments. Instead yeah. of like you know, everybody has a bad day, things go wrong. What could have been done differently? Oh, I wasn't very patient. Oh, what does that look like? Well, how you know, or um, I was very determined but I wasn't very kind or, or things like that. So sometimes the virtues give you a positive way of framing a situation and it gives you a way of reflecting and, and, and kind of looking at an evaluation. And that works wonderfully with teams sometimes because teams often have very interesting dynamics. And sometimes, you know, you're just, you notice teachable moments. We're always learning. How do we learn to apply a set of principles so that we can benefit from it going forward in the future? I see. And um, I like to create community, so um, also with the, the Soul Kitchen. So what is something that you like to manifest or create in 2023 that you maybe need some support on or some collaboration or someone that is listening can, can work with you? What is something that you want to put out here? Mm. Um, oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done and especially during the time that we've all had to go online is we create these online virtual circles where people come together and we do these activities for a period of time. Sometimes people come back together regularly. Sometimes they just do it at a one-off. Um, but we love doing that with different organizations or different community groups. So if there's anybody who wants to help strengthen their community, that is something that we can help them with. And the app is a, is a very powerful tool that can do that. I mean, people can do it themselves, but we mm-hmm. can also provide some guidance on what that would look like. Um, you know, it's interesting when you get on to a zoom call, sometimes uh, we have a rule connection before content mm-hmm. that sometimes people just go right into a presentation, even in the real world, you know, in a, in a physical world, and we're here for presentation, but sometimes there's opportunities for people to connect and get to know each other or have a connection before there's a presentation. So that might be one. You know, how do you weave in dopamine, make people laugh? You, you and I did a meditation. How do you get people to get grounded? So there's different strategies on how people can show up in ways that are their best selves and they can really benefit the most from a, a, an interaction. I see. So if there's people that live in communities that can benefit from this, they can reach out to you. Well, we covered a lot of elements uh, already, maybe at a personal note, I'm curious, you said you married in the old mansion. I think you met a long time ago, and now you're working together. So how did you uh, meet each other? Where did that start? Ah, that's a dangerous question. So uh, my wife and I met in college, but we didn't know each other well. I actually dated her roommate, <laughs> and um, we met a few years later. And um, this story was I knew her, and I recognized her, and I went up and said, Hi, you're Nancy. And she started laughing. She goes, I'm not Nancy. That's not my name, but you do know me. And um, 
she uh, she was happening to go through a, a pretty difficult divorce at the time and shared all of her story with me. And I said, oh, my goodness, this woman is just she's crazy. I don't. Yeah. You know, and she ended up calling me up after that meeting. And uh, we went out on our first date, saw a movie, went to dinner, and I fell in love with her after our first date. I read, said, this is just a person who is a genuine, beautiful person. And um, we've been married now for 20, going on 25 years. And we never thought we would work together. Um, but we, you know, like any relationship, we work at it. And we use, you know, a lot of the virtues cards to deepen our relationship. And um, it's been really effective. I mean, I have to say I've uh, learned a lot from my wife and she's learned a lot from me. We, we, we've grown together and, um, you know, working with your partner, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it has pros and cons probably. Yeah. But, uh, but, I, but it, we, we, have, we have made it work and we're going on. I mean, as of we started January 1st, 2019. So we're going on four years now. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I think 2022 felt like it was a, a pivotal year and 2023, we're just excited right now. We are, we're really pleased. We're starting to travel and, um, you know, we work with really good people who also have visions of creating a better world. So, um, so, you know, I think it goes back to what I said is having passion and purpose are really, really, uh, at the heart of what we do. Well, it's beautiful that you've been knowing each other for so long and then you're working together and creating this. So it feels like you're on a shared purpose uh, or mission. If people want to read uh, about you or check out your work, I think you mentioned that you've written an article on, on entrepreneurship or sustainability. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I've, uh, you know, we have a lot of our work around virtues on the name of the organization is virtuesmatter.org. Mm -hmm. And um, I have written an article on sustainability and entrepreneurship, and it's on a website called, I think it's eix.org. And eix is, um, it's a entrepreneur and innovation exchange. And um, it's, if anybody who is into entrepreneurship. What's the article about? Uh, the name of the article, it's, um, it's the sustainable entrepreneur balancing people, planet, and profit. And it's a lot of what we just talked about. It's about the, the experience that an entrepreneur has in general, but certainly around adding sustainability and the challenges that they have um, in sustainability. It was written a few years ago. It's already, uh, what is it, maybe six years ago or so, but I think it's still quite relevant and sustainability is still a very relevant topic right now. And I, what I did is I used three examples of different entrepreneurs, one in the food business, one in the energy business, and one in the retail business as examples of what, you know, what they've done well and what some of their challenges has also been at the same time. Mm. Well, so there's a lot of resource available for social entrepreneurs and for people interested in virtues. I really admire your work and I really like the experiential effect because when we talked about understanding or justice it becomes clear what it means uh, in my own life. Is there anything else that you want to share uh, with the listener before we uh, continue our days? Um, no, I think, you know, have a wonderful 2023 for whenever people are hearing this. And, um, you know, um, we've been through a very complex time, I think. 
I think the whole world has gone through something, you know, as some, there's an expression in the Americas, we're all in the same boat, but somebody else said, no, we're really not in the same boat. We're in the same storm and we're all in different boats. You know, irrespective, we've all been through a shared experience right now. And I think we're all trying to make sense of what the world will look like going forward. And I think there's opportunities for us to be good people toward each other, respect our planet very differently. So, you know, one of my, I think my virtues pick for the year last year was thoughtfulness. It's just being thoughtful about what it is that we do. And remember, you know, everybody's trying to do the best they can sometimes, you know, and just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's hard being a human sometimes. So, you know, we're all on this journey being the best human. So sometimes being a little bit forgiving, sometimes being a little bit more determined, sometimes being a little bit more assertive, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a journey every day. And, um, I hope, you know, we can connect in meaningful ways sometimes. That's, uh, I don't know, I felt like a ramble, but it's just, you know, let's all appreciate the humanity that we all have in each other. How is that? I think it's amazing. And you're wishing people a thoughtful 2023. I want to thank you for this great conversation. And I'll definitely share your resources and materials uh, with the listeners. And, and to, yeah, go ahead. And just Jasper, thank you for your commitment to elevating uh, all these good voices that are doing interesting work and, and positivity. You're, uh, you know, you're a voice for many people who are, uh, um, who have great stories to tell. And yeah. just in listening to you, you know, it's interesting that we did the pick of understanding. Your questions are really wonderful and very natural. You help me understand, you know, um, my own world better. And hopefully your listeners are finding things as well and can learn about themselves through your thoughtful questions and how you kind of navigate a beautiful interviews. I am very appreciative about that. And, uh, I had this idea for the podcast already a few years, but it really took me time to step into that role. Like you said, who are you to, to offer virtues? It's also like who I am, you know, to, to interview all these incredible people, but I really have stepped into it and I'm really in flow. You know, people introduce me to new people. January 15th, we have this community event and, and things are really flowing. And the soul kitchen, I see it also as an experiential place where new recipes are being cooked. Maybe Ventures are being built, collaborations are being created. So uh, that's the idea. So yeah, thank you for the compliment. And um, to everyone that has been listening, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, see you soon. 